0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everybody, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my fiance Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much, it's been a good week here. It's December 12th, 1998. It is.
1: Although that's a fucking weird way to say it.
0: This episode is going to be a... uh, (laughs) I don't know, we don't do shots, so it's going to be a... uh, Well, sometimes we do shots before we we record, (laughs) but... uh, This is going to be a... uh, What the hell? What would you call an audio... Like a track. This is going to be a track-by-track remake of Mm -hmm. one of the episodes we did earlier. Uh, no, it's not. The very first episode. The films of 1993. No. Remember when we talked about the movies of 1993? Yeah. And how excited and fun they were and everything? And then we went into 1994 not knowing that we would see something called Pulp Fiction or, <laughs> or Forrest Gump.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I think we did know about other
0: Gump. <laughs> big movies from. Well, yeah, I man, they did they did advertising for it, kind of like with the Phantom Menace. We know we're going to see the Phantom Menace next year, yeah, and we know this because we saw the Water Boy, which was a terrible movie, and there was a <laughs> and there was a preview for it before that, and there's a preview for it in front of basically every fucking movie you see, and right, and Pepsi is issuing commemorative cans with characters' faces on it, and the media blitz is enormous for this. Yes, it is. Toys and shit, it's everywhere.
1: It's annoying because, like, it's not been earned yet.
0: No, no one's earned it.
1: I mean, like, once we see it, maybe we'll be excited for that shit, but I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's new Star Wars.
1: Sure. But, I mean, like, we don't really know these characters, so.
0: Well, there's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's in it.
1: Okay, but do we really know that much about Obi-Wan Kenobi? And
0: baby Darth Vader.
1: <laughs> right? But I mean, like, seriously, from, like, the original Star Wars movies, like, yeah. help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Exactly. That's, like, it. That's, like, fucking it. Like, that wasn't even him
0: that said that, you know?
1: No, I know, but that's, like, the reference to him. Like, he's, he's barely in, the, in
0: it. He's in the movie? What are you talking barely, about? Barely, though. He's the old man wizard character. Uh-huh. He plays the prototypical wizard character the wise wizard character on the hero's journey who gives the hero his, his, whatever, his quest, and then dies.
1: Barely in the and movie. Then,
0: and then says, if you strike me down, Darth, I should become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Whoa. And he's like, what's that mean? And he's like, I'll be able to talk to Luke sometimes. <laughs> right. Uh, my favorite part, my favorite inclusion of Alec Guinness in the Star Wars movies is in the third one in in uh, return of the Jedi when Yoda dies and he shows up there and he, I like he just sits down on a log with uh with fucking Luke and you know 100% Alec Guinness was like hey I like I don't want to fucking stand here for this whole scene George or Ross Marquand, or whatever the fuck his name is, the uh, the guy who directed this uh, something Marquand or something like that. Roy, sure, Roy Marquand. He's like, uh, uh, can I just sit down on a log? And George is like, oh, uh, well, you're you're a ghost. So I, uh, but 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 George, just just write it. So I so I'm a ghost, but I can sit down on a log. <laughs> He's like, okay, I guess I guess force ghosts can interact with. Uh, With the everyday environment, then. And then it's like he just sits down on a log. Right. (laughs) It is hilarious. I love it. Uh, But you know what else I love, Carol? What, dear? I love quotes from celebrities. (laughs)
1: I, it does not surprise me, considering how much you love to do impersonations, that you we're, would love quotes. Yeah, exactly.
0: We're getting towards the end of the year here, everybody. As you heard in the opening, and uh, when I said the date, and um, congratulations, and, and, you can read you the know, calendar. love from, from looking around. But anyway, so uh, there. Love the newspapers doing a lot of end of year stuff, and a couple of the things are uh, the. Uh, an issue of people at, at magazine asked women to pick the sexiest man of the year. Okay. So who would who would be your pick for the sexiest man of the year?
1: The sexiest man of the year. So like he would have had to have been in something and been sexy in it this year.
0: Well, maybe. There are a couple people on this list that I don't think have, well, at least one, that hasn't been in a movie this year. Hmm. <sighs> Would it be Vince Vaughn? No. Who we just saw? Absolutely not. Would it be a Johnson Depp?
1: Maybe, yeah. Would it
0: be a Bradley Pitts?
1: I was trying to remember if uh, Johnny Depp had been in anything this year.
0: I don't know. Because he's
1: definitely at the top of my list, but I don't know if he's on the top of this year's list.
0: Well, here are what some people say. Sarah Ferguson, the duchess, says Sean Connery. No. He's got a very good voice and a very good Scottish way about him. Sure,
1: yeah. I, if you're into that.
0: And he's got strong views on life. <laughs> about, and that's sexy. About beaten women. Check out his views. And Gillian Anderson of The X-Files says Johnny Depp. He's so damn good at what he does. Anybody who is really talented at what they do is sexy to me.
1: Okay, so is the... Uh cook at McDonald's sexy if he makes you a good burger you weirdo
0: why would you pick McDonald's I don't know as a (laughs) example of culinary excellence
1: (laughs) I'm just saying it's just bizarre like anybody who's good at what they do come on okay
0: it's just it's
1: very broad
0: it is you're right she
1: thinks a lot of people are sexy.
0: Why? You think a lot of people are good at what they do? She'd yeah, think, she'd think I was sexy. Well, of course because I'm the you best are. At making tapes. You are sexy, and you'd be sexy too.
1: Well, of course.
0: To Gillian Anderson.
1: Um, oh, not you though. <laughs> <laughs> had to put that qualifier. on. And
0: no, I'm just saying. Angie she said, "I'm just saying that Jillian Anderson would would think you were sexy because you're good at what you do." Okay. I guess. Angie Dickinson. Are you familiar with Angie Dickinson? No. She was a policewoman in the 1970s. Okay. Antonio Banderas. Yeah,
1: he's hot, but was he in anything this year either? Like, come on.
0: He's great looking, and he has that wonderful thing called humor, and he's mature. He's dazzling.
1: I like his voice.
0: Does she know him personally? (laughs) You like Antonio Banderas' voice. I do, yeah. Oh, yes, Yeah, you love that. Uh, Dionne Warwick, are you familiar with her? Um, yeah. Say a little prayer or whatever. She's uh-huh. she's psychic.
1: Yeah, it's from the Psychic Friends Network or <laughs> whatever. She says
0: Wesley Snipes because he's not only sensual to look at, but he has the ability to transmit that it just flies out at you.
1: What's flying out at you there? <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know.
1: Um, I mean, at least, you know, he was in something this year, so...
0: I love that they, okay, so Allie Walker, this is the only one they do this with, Allie Walker of The Profiler, because you don't know who the fuck Allie Walker is, no. but she's in the television show The Profiler. Mel Gibson, because he makes you laugh, and laughter is very seductive to me. Interesting. And then Anne Hetcha. Anne Heche, uh, Vince Vaughn, <laughs> really? her Return to Paradise and Psycho co-star, He's old-fashioned in that he's a true actor. He doesn't rely on celebrity as many actors do these days. To me, talent is very sexy. Another talent is very sexy person. I wonder if they hooked up. I don't know. That's very interesting. Lauren Holly says Harrison Ford. And then finally, well, there's Gloria Rubin of ER who says she likes Lawrence Fishburne. But finally, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yay, Buffy. TV's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, yeah. Quote, I like big Irish guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Angel's a big Irish guy.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. but Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's, oh, yeah, that's probably a joke. Good joke. Uh, anyway, so Us Magazine sell ask celebrities to recall their favorite holiday memories. Tim Allen says, "The dumber the memory, the greater the Christmas." My grandma pouring the gravy and the car- caramel sauce because she uh, had a little too much brandy. Gross. One of your favorites, Lucy Lawless. Yeah, you She of Xena. Xena Warrior Princess. She is hot. Yeah, she is. Said, "I love snow because I don't come from a place where it snows." I'll never forget opening the shutters and seeing this this pure vista. It was like a fairy tale. Aw. Dave Foley of News Radio, one of my favorites. My favorite holiday tradition is probably the slaughtering of the Christmas cow. Ew. We wear sw- silk gowns and go into the field and slaughter the cow. Hey, what that, the fuck? Hey, that's Christmas in Canada.
1: That, that's it's Canada? Like I was thinking he's from like some weird out there place, not Canada our neighbors.
0: He is from Canada.
1: They go out and slaughter cows in silk gowns.
0: This is clearly a joke, Carol. Oh, <laughs> oh! Now that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. says, "Probably when I was in junior high school and found a moped under my tree, my sister and I had to share it, but still,
1: yeah, that'd be cool."
0: Why, Cliff Jean, Jean Jean of the Fujies? When I sat on Santa Claus at the mall when I was younger, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I used the bathroom on Santa. Oh God! Interesting. Morgan Freeman. I don't have. I don't have any pleasant memories. Part of my problem is that I I hate cold weather. My other problem is that there were a lot of hardships when I was a kid. And the only holidays and the holidays only made it worse. Aww. We usually only got a bag of pecans or a bag of oranges. It was always a sad time. <laughs> Jesus Christ That's so sad. Thanks for bringing the mood down, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Holy fuck.
1: Poor guy. But like he's old now, hasn't he had any good Christmases since he was a kid? I don't know. That's so sad. Like, I get it. Sometimes people have shitty Christmases, but have at least one good one. Come on. You're rich and famous, man. Make it happen.
0: (laughs) I can do a better Morgan Freeman, I bet. Oh, and then began the Tempest of asshole. What in the fuck? What? That's Morgan Freeman, right? Did you just
1: say Tempesty Asshole? Because that's what it sounded like to me. No,
0: no, (laughs) no. Sandra Bullock. It's not Christmas unless I watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I I love that movie. I have this thing for Dr. Soyce. I just love him. A thing, especially around the holidays, she loves
1: them. Thing one and thing two.
0: Two. Drew Barrymore. When I was six, Steven Spielberg bought me my first stereo. <laughs> It meant the world to me. I played a lot of the Go Go's and the Beatles and the Police. That's a fairly that's a different story than Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan Freeman's like we were poor and we starved, and maybe I had a five inch nail for desserts. And Drew Barrymore is like Steven Spielberg bought me a stereo. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord, oh my god, I love it. Uh, so that's the celebrities and their Christmases. That
1: was interesting.
0: Yeah, I love it. Don't you? Don't you think it's fun? Y- yeah, that's why I said so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are good at that. Um, how about though, toys for techno Tots? What in the
1: fuck? It looks like it looks like a creepy like umbilical cord baby thing with no with the with a lap. Like, what is happening?
0: This is not a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> You'll either have to be better at describing things, okay, so or move on.
1: A baby with a giant head is rolled up in a ball, staring at what looks like a uh, handheld, like video. It's a game, screen. or it's clearly uh, a computer screen. But, it, but he's holding it in his little hands. Yes.
0: Well, how do you know it's a girl or I mean a boy?
1: It looks like a boy.
0: Yeah, long eyelashes. It's a boy. You're right. There's no
1: hair. I don't know. He's bald. Suff.
0: So, <laughs> it's male pattern baldness for this, for this baby. <laughs> I was born bald bald. Uh, software aimed at kids five and under creates hot sales and a hot debate. Sabrina Prey sits in her mother's LA or... What? In her mother's LA. Oh, that's, LA? Supposed to be, that's supposed to be LAP. They forgot uh-huh. the P. Wow. Anyway, Sabrina pays Sabrina sits on her mother's lap and examines the case for the CD-ROM game Jumpstart Baby. For the moment, it's more interesting than the teddy bear on the computer screen in front of her. Let's make music. Press any key and we'll make music. With a little coaxing from her mom, 16-month-old Sabrina pokes the keyboard with her tiny finger. Wow. They just cut her. off. Were they drunk? I don't know, they, they, they cut half this off.
1: Like, put a little effort in.
0: Anyway, one member of the Barnyard Quartet, the cat, I suppose, responds with a furious bit of fiddling. Sabrina glances at the screen, then returns to the CD case. <laughs> this minute- is not a good
1: commercial for this product.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so it's hard to see what Sabrina has gotten from her fleeting encounter with technology, but her parents, Brian and Chandra Prey, the fuller of fuller california are convinced that the early introduction to the computer will prepare her for school quote anything that can teach them computers is valuable
1: okay i think you know learning how to like pee in a toilet and eating solid foods is probably more important right now but sure
0: so they asked experts uh in child development their five favorite programs for preschoolers and these are them. My Make Believe Castle, uh, which the action takes place in a castle inhabited by Nikki the Dragon and his regal retinue, Prince, Princess, and Wizard. The child controls their actions by placing objects in their path. Drop a shoe in front of the dragon, and he performs a pirouette. Okay. Um, sim Tunes from Maxis. I believe they make Sim City. Uh, this program some city. This program merges art and music. The child begins with a blank canvas uh, to paint and decorate. Each colored dot applied to the palette represents a musical note. Well, that sounds fun. Kid Picks. Uh, this best-selling art software makes every child development expert's must-have list. Uh, you can paint, singing birthday cards, blah, blah, blah. Thinking things. Kids experiment with size, shape, and color. And then Blue's ABC Time Activities. Uh, Blue, that charming pup from the Nickelodeon TV show, Blue's Clues, invites kids to explore the world of letters, sounds, and words. So, what do you think about this, about kids under five years old being introduced to computers?
1: I think it's probably not really doing any good. And I feel like it's a rich person's stupid idea because, like, uh, anybody who had to work hard to pay for their computer probably doesn't want sticky-fingered children touching it.
0: Right, no kidding. But, yeah, they. so they used to warn parents, like, don't show your kids TV too soon. Right. Because the commercials are too fast-paced and everything, and it will mess up their brains. How fast-paced are these video games? Like, this seems... Not good. Yeah, this seems like it's not a good idea. Like, I get if people are like, "Well, it helps them read or whatever, it helps them learn to read," but give them a book. I mean, yeah, read to your kid. How about that? I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Interact. But, but if you're looking for programs, I guess those are the, the five that they recommend. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I'm not. I'm. I, I think, I think you should be. I think like 12, 12, 13 years old before you start messing around on the computer.
1: Well, really? no, I wouldn't go there that far. Like, I mean, I had computer classes in kindergarten. You did? I went to a private school. How? Because um, I went to a private school. How young are you? <laughs> uh, we're about the same age there, dear. Yeah, or a different age.
0: Mm-hmm. It's 1998 right now. Huh. And back in kindergarten, you had a computer in your classroom? Uh-huh. Okay. So, presumably you're older than 10, right? So this would be pre-1988. Okay. I don't think there's any way you had a computer in in kindergarten.
1: Are you really trying to argue with me? Yes. You're wrong.
0: Okay. So in in the in the early 80s you had a computer in your classroom. Yes. Okay. Well, good for you.
1: Yes, with we the, didn't. Yeah, you went to fucking public
0: school. I don't even think I'd heard of a computer when I was in kindergarten.
1: I went to uh, a Christian private school, and we had the lemonade stand game. And uh, what is that? It's a game where like you have a lemonade stand, and you have to like. Choose like how much sugar and how much lemon you put in the lemonade and then like the weather and stuff like affects how you're doing and you earn money. Wow. And we, we had a typing program with bunnies.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> you know when, when you know when I saw my first computer in a classroom? Hmm. High school.
1: Well that's fucked up. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry that's for true. you. That's true. Uh, you know what else is fucked up, though, Carol? Hmm. That UPN needs a hit or ten. Can Dilbert rescue it? What? That's not rhetorical. Can, can Dilbert <laughs> rescue UPN, Carol? What's UPN? United Paramount Network. We don't. I just. I mean, the fact that you don't know what it is is a big problem <laughs> for UPN. It's been around for like two or three years. It's mostly they have, like, the, I okay, I don't want to sound like a racist asshole. Like, apparently I do sometimes. Thanks for the letters, everyone. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it has a lot of shows that would appeal to a black audience on there. Okay. So we don't watch it a lot because we're not black. But I do like shows with black people in it. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not Ku Klux Klan members. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, UPN has been dragging bottom. The woe gone sixth-place network, outshone by its flashier teen appeal rival, WB, which we know because happy home of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Dawson's Creek, currently boasts such Nielsen-rating heavy hitters as Guys Like Us, number 113, Darista, number 114, America's Greatest Pets, Oh my god! and Legacy tied it on number 115.
1: So do they make any money at all, ever?
0: That sparkling quartet just happens to comprise the four lowest-rated shows on TV this week. Well, actually, you can kiss guys like us goodbye. The dreadful rookie sitcom just received the pink slip. Pretty soon, maybe the whole darn network will get the hook. Sounds like it. But UPN, which airs in Detroit on WKBD-TV, which is Channel 50, everyone... Uh, that's Channel 50, Carol, just in case.
1: Well, maybe I'll check out Channel 50.
0: Keeps hanging in there, and it's holding its breath for the arrival of Dilbert, an animated series based on Scott Adams' popular comic strip character, debuting January 25th, a corporate cubicle nebbish to the rescue of a whole network. Maybe, maybe not. Um. Meanwhile, the toddler TV netlet is hoping to pump up the fading appeal with its only real hit series Star Trek: Voyager which ranked in anemic number 87 this week. Hmm. Uh Star Trek: Voyager is a good show, but I have no faith in Dilbert. Have you read any of the Dilbert comics? I
1: mean, yeah, they're fine, but like I wouldn't rest the uh, whole fate of a television network on that.
0: Yeah. Did you get copies of the Dilbert comic strip on your computer, like, uh, when you were in kindergarten? No. Before it was even written?
1: Nope. Nope. We just played the Lemonade Stand game.
0: The Lemonade Stand game. Okay.
1: Oh, and Oregon Trail.
0: Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like Oregon Trail probably...
1: I, well, maybe not. Maybe that wasn't kindergarten. I don't know.
0: Anyway. Um, <coughs> finally... The biggest before we talk about this shit movie. Um no f- f- foreshadowing everyone.
1: <laughs> um very subtle foreshadowing. The, the biggest
0: the biggest hits of the year this or the biggest not biggest hits. The biggest news stories of the year, Carol. You want to guess on any of them?
1: Um No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: John Glenn at 77 became the first American or was, was the first American to orbit. Uh, He returns to space 36 years later. Uh, University of Michigan wins the Rose bowl and shares uh, the national title. Um, Ford heads Ford. Bill Ford jr. Was named chairman of the Ford motor company. Uh, Let's see. Viagra. Men worldwide snap up the first effective impotence pill. What do you think about that?
1: I don't know. I I, I heard that it could hurt people. <laughs> now I'm not sure if it's because of because the the directions or <laughs> the side effects of the medication. Old women but... everywhere. Are,
0: are, <laughs> it can hurt people. <laughs>
1: You're gonna throw out a hip. <laughs>
0: Casinos, Detroit. I'm, I'm going back and forth between the local stories and the national stories. Okay. Detroit's three casinos to locate on the riverfront. Permanent casino Windsor opens. Um, Let's see. Clinton Lewinsky, of course. President's fling with intern exposed. Explodes into impeachment threat. Was that just this year?
1: Yeah. that it seems was like it's ju- been going on
0: forever. That was just this year, Carol. Hurricanes, George, Rips, Gulf Coast, Caribbean, Mitch devastates Central America. Mark McGuire sets home run record of 70 in chase with Sammy Sosa. That was a huge story in baseball. Microsoft, software superpower goes on trial in government antitrust case. Tobacco, cigarette makers reach $206 billion deal with states over health care for ill smokers. Uh, let's see. Surplus ending twenty nine years of red ink. The U S. Treasury rolls up its first budget surplus since nineteen sixty nine. Excellence. Frank Sinatra dies at eighty two. Not so excellent. Aw. Terror. Two U S. Embassy bombings in Africa. Baroque airstrikes in Afghanistan and the Sudan. Some place called or some terrorist group called uh, Al Qaeda responsible. Uh, Let's see, Matthew Shepard beating death of gay Wyoming student props, outpouring of anger. Mm. Sad. Yeah, NBA lockup, pro basketball locks out players in revenue dispute, shortened season, everyone. Um, And that is the biggest news stories of 1998. What do you think is the biggest news story, Carol? The Monica Lewinsky thing? Probably. That we don't really talk about cuz we don't talk about that kind of news. We talk about entertainment news. I mean, at least
1: <laughs> at least here I would say that's the biggest.
0: I'm sure like At least here, what do you mean? As opposed to like Mars?
1: <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to like I don't know, one of the countries that, you know, is dealing with uh, you know, terrorists. The oh yeah. talks like, and stuff. That's probably a bigger news story to them. I guess
0: so, yeah. Death and everything. Yeah. There's a Palestinian news story in there. I didn't want to read it either, so
1: Okay. Well thank you for uh, sharing. Not sharing, I don't know.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome for not sharing depressing news of death. I, I appreciate it. But speaking of depressing news of death, we watched Psycho, everyone. Yeah, we did. And instead of watching black and white masterpiece, nineteen sixties Psycho Directed by Alfred Hitchcock, we watched the exact same movie, but worse <laughs> in color. Yeah. So, Carol, mm-hmm. what did you think of Psycho?
1: I did not like it. I but I gotta be fair and honest here. Huh. The first Psycho, well, I like can respect that for the time. It's a great movie and everything, and you know. The twist, if you didn't know it was coming, would be amazing, mm. having already known the plot when I watched it, and again, having already seen the movie before now, having watched it, like it's kind of boring to me I, I didn't enjoy it even the first time I watched it.
0: It's a bit slower moving because movies in nineteen sixty were right uh you know it's a it's a little bit of a slower pace than audiences nowadays are used to. Which is one detriment of remaking this movie in exactly the same way.
1: Yeah, they could have made it more exciting.
0: I think that... I believe that Psycho is a masterpiece of a film. I think it's fantastic. Maybe one of the best, the ten best films ever made. Um, However, (laughs) the problem with this movie is that it is not its own movie. It's... Psycho. It's mm-hmm. the exact same story. It's not shot for shot. It's almost shot for shot. It really is almost shot for shot, though. It's, like... it's very close to shot for shot. They they, they say it's shot for shot, line for line. That's what it's being uh, promoted as. And it basically is. There are some minor differences. But that's the biggest thing working against it. Yeah. Because... All you can do, then, is compare Alfred Hitchcock's direction to Gus Van Zant's. And Gus Van Zant's a really good director, but he's not Alfred Hitchcock. Right. And all you can do is compare Vince Vaughn's portrayal of Norman Bates with uh, fucking Anthony um, Anthony Perkins' portrayal of Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. And no offense to Vince Vaughn, who I do think is a good actor. Yeah, Anthony Perkins is a fantastic actor, very underrated, honestly, for the time, and was like tailor-made for this role.
1: Yeah. When I watched it the first time, like he was one of the best things about the movie. Yeah. Um, Just like his character was just like creepy and unsettling, but also like kind of believably like not
0: a killer. Yeah. Charming. (laughs) Yeah, like charming in a naive kind of way. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's why he was the perfect casting for that movie at that time. Anthony Perkins had a a track record of doing you know different things, movies, TV, and stuff like that. Playing nice guy roles, like kind of secondary, sort of character actor-y stuff, but like nice guy roles and. It you know it casting him in this way was brilliant. Vince Vaughn doesn't bring any of that to this. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been in very many movies. This is pro- I think this is basically his first starring role. He was in uh the you know you're so money and you don't even know it movie, <laughs> Swinger's. Yeah. <laughs> uh with his buddy Jean Favreau and we saw that we we did a tape on that movie.
1: Yeah, um, that was a good movie.
0: It was a very good movie, and he's good in that movie. And he's been in some other things. He was in Rudy, but he he hasn't been in a lot, and he doesn't have the same cachet. He doesn't bring the same charm. He, yeah, it's
1: not the same energy. He he
0: already seems like a guy on the edge.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He seems like you should be a little scared of him.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, there's nothing. There's nothing settling about him. He's no. All unsettled.
1: Well, and then there's the scene when he's peeping on her. Yeah. And you actually hear the masturbating sounds, the t- 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 it's so gross.
0: See a robot?
1: Okay, Norman
0: Bates is pleased.
1: <laughs> it was wetter than that, does okay? Squirt- it was
0: really gross. Does he, does he squirt oil? Um, yeah, we all know what masturbating sounds like. All, all the guys listening to this know what masturbating sounds like. But it sounds like, like that.
1: We didn't need to hear it. No. That was a change from the original movie. I don't know why they decided to add that. And to me, it made him more sinister.
0: It's in, I guess in the original movie, it's sort of implied that he's masturbating, kind of. Or, but there's no... There's no motion, there's no sound effect, there's nothing like that. It's more implied, basically, by the nature of
1: the, the people. Well, yeah, why else is the people there? But, I mean, just the... I don't know, it just... It changed the way I looked at it. It does.
0: It does. And
1: it didn't in the other movie.
0: It In the original movie, it seems almost like a curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, he's peeping at her because... He wants to witness what a person's like when no one's around, like almost like he's observing human behavior because he doesn't understand it. Right. Right. That's the that's the the foreshadowing and the stuff that we get in there. This seems like a violation. Mm -hmm. Seems like it's creepy. Everything about it is weird.
1: Well, and then he, you know, like almost immediately uh, goes and kills her after that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's
0: that's pretty icky too. Yeah, <laughs> masturbates and then kills her. Yeah, nice. Uh, but yeah, so uh, like I said, all you can really do is compare and contrast mm-hmm. the original things with the these remake things. And they all pale in comparison. Yeah. I mean, Janet Lee is better than Anne Hache. Anne Hache is good in this movie. Yes. She's the one, probably. Actually, Julianne Moore, uh, who plays Lila, uh, Marion Crane's sister, Lila Crane, is very good. She understands. And, and William H. Macy, also, the guy from Fargo, mm-hmm. who plays. Uh, uh, Abergast, the, uh, the private investigator, those two know what movie they're in and they know exactly what they're doing. And they're, they, they're very good in the movie and maybe even a update to the, uh, to the original, honestly, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even better than the original, uh, actors playing their roles but everybody else just really falls down in comparison and it's like it's not Vince Vaughn's fault no. no no one no one can be expected to live up to the legacy of anthony perkins doing this iconic role that he absolutely owned like you said he carries the movie mm-hmm. and yeah vince Vaughn just isn't capable of that not in this film yeah There's not, you look, you look, so you look consternated because I think you just don't have anything to say. Like you're, you look like you're just out of things to say, which I get because it's like, that's what this movie does to you. What can we say about it? Other than the fact that it's not the 1960 movie.
1: But okay. But I had a thing to say and it left my brain like how that happens to me all the time. And that's what that look was. But it came back while you were talking. Okay. So. The clothes. I don't get the clothes in this movie Mm, because it's like things are supposed to be updated, right? But a lot of the outfits seem like they're from the 60s, but then some of the outfits seem like they're from now. Where are we trying to land with the wardrobe? I don't get it.
0: Yeah, that was. I agree. That was very confused to me, too. There are some outfits that Vince Vaughn wears that seem era, era appropriate for the 60s and some that seem more appropriate for now i guess he mostly appears like he's wearing a lot of the same wardrobe from the 1960s version uh, and then marion crane also seems like she is it's weird she the they do make some wardrobe changes even in that stuff and they dis, the, the changes the decisions are so weird she goes from like a bright colored dress in mm-hmm. the original. And then she dresses in a more muted... When she decides she's going to leave with the money, she dresses in a more muted color. She goes from a, like a bright dress in this one, Anne Aisha's version of Marion Crane, into a bright garish pink uh, <laughs> 60s looking dress yeah. with a big pink parasol. So when she's in the in the, uh, the used car lot, and she's walking around and everything, she sticks out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it really feels, it's almost like Pleasantville. <laughs> it feels like someone from a different era is just plucked down into, into this 1998 world. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't work. Uh, yeah, they should have gone one way or the other. They should have gone completely modern, or they should have kept it. Uh, completely, and they 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 make a point to say Phoenix, Arizona, night, you know, uh, whatever November thirteenth or whatever it is, nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm. The original doesn't give a year. You know, it's just it's the modern day is what it's supposed to be. It's our time now is is what it says. Right. Uh, the, every newspaper uh, they they pick up at the, the date on the newspaper says fresh newspaper <laughs> today's newspaper. But this one makes a point of pointing out it's 1998. Why, then? Why with the wardrobe decisions? It Mm -mm. doesn't make any
1: sense. I mean, I get, like, some retro looks are in right now, but not that look.
0: No, and not to that degree. Not, like, that's a very... That's a very like Jackie Kennedy yeah. kind of dress. Yeah, exactly. And that that doesn't, yeah, that's not in right now. And even
1: like the private eye, like that the suit he's wearing, that's not something you'd see somebody wearing now. The fedora
0: and everything. Yeah. yeah, that's it's weird. The whole thing's weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about this. Really, I can't really break. Like, there's no reason to break down the technical aspects of this movie. They're good because they're all uh, the stuff Alfred Hitchcock did.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I guess I could just say I wouldn't see it because you probably already did. It's not that much different. And the ways that it are diff- it's different aren't more entertaining or anything. Well, uh,
0: that's the thing is, like, any change they made was for the worse. Yeah. When Abergast gets killed, uh, like, you know, when he gets when he's at the top of the stairs And he gets slashed in the face and everything. And he falls down the stairs in the original. They do that. uh, Hitchcock does that like stretch zoom and he falls down the stairs and it's very surrealistic looking and it's, it's got that wide angle lens and it's everything looks odd and parallax and it's almost dreamlike. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Norman Bates dressed as his mother. We don't know that yet. Uh, pounces on him and starts like slashing him and stuff and it's you know it's visceral it's scary it's it's very good they changed the shot slightly in this one and it's not as dreamlike and it's a flatter angle and it just doesn't look as good well
1: and also they flashed a couple things in in the scene yeah they did when he was being killed like disturbing images that are just like a blink like, there, you don't need that. No. It's disturbing in, in, in and of itself, and it was distracting from what was happening. It's like, what, am I supposed to be hallucinating? Are they mm-hmm. hallucinating? Like, what, what's going on?
0: It takes away from the scene. Yeah,
1: I, I it doesn't just... doesn't add anything to I it. don't even get it, really. And, like, watching her die in the shower, that was disturbing. That was done well. I think it's probably very similar to the way the original was, but like it was hard to watch.
0: It was done somewhat well. I-, I would say it's it's weird to me because I don't know if they used special effects or not to to film that. I don't know what kind of editing techniques or what what type of filming techniques they used to recreate that shower scene. Obviously, that's the most iconic scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. But in the original. That's another thing where they it's it seems slightly changed almost. I think that's supposed to be shot for shot, but I don't know exactly what the hell they're doing there. In the original, everything flows very well mm-hmm. and you just get glimpses of what's going on and it's because of that it's scary and it's it's like disturbing and it's almost discombobulating. Here it felt very artificial. Okay. Every cut felt very artificial. It didn't flow in the same way, and it just—it felt very disjointed. And I, it took me completely out of the scene. Huh? I did not like it. Okay.
1: I mean, I didn't like it, but it—it it disturbed me with the way I felt like it was and, supposed to. And
0: I don't know if it was—I bec- don't know if it's modern editing techniques. I don't know if that's what it is. Like in this, in 1960, they used the old-fashioned cut and yeah. and paste. And I don't know if if it's the difference of that or, or what, but it didn't. It's like, I don't know if this was, I don't know if this was digitally edited. I know they have some digital editing technology now. Uh, I don't know how this was edited. I, I didn't really look into the behind the scenes of everything of this, but it doesn't, it just doesn't feel like it flows naturally. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it, the cuts almost feel too smooth. There's not the, like, the the rapid, like, cut, 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 cut. It almost feels, like, too smooth of a transition. Well, like, you don't feel the physical cut.
1: That makes sense, actually. Um, I have a question, though, because it's been a while since I saw the original. I don't know if you remember or not. But, like, in this movie, we see Vigo Mortensen's ass. Yeah. Did we see the dude's butt in the first movie? No. So that's one improvement. That's <laughs> one improvement I would give the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess.
1: We also got some side boob.
0: We did, which I believe is in the original movie. Okay. I wasn't sure on that. Yeah, I think we get a, a very brief glance at the side profile of uh Janet Lee. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Wow. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yep. But uh yeah, I don't know. So I can't recommend it. No. It's also bombing. As it should. Yeah, and Gus Van Zandt, he directed Goodwill Hunting. He's a very good director. Well, yeah, Goodwill hunting's amazing, so I mean obviously he's good. But I don't I don't know why he agreed to do this project. I don't know if this was his idea. I don't know what I don't know what the point of this is.
1: Yeah, it's not worth it. Though. It's not
0: a reinterpretation. There's nothing original about this. And it's not, like I said, any minor change they made was worse. Yeah. Made the movie worse. Yeah. Except for Vigo Mortensen's ass. <laughs> but anyway, that is the episode for the week. Carol, tell people where they can see Vigo Mortensen's ass.
1: <laughs> so you can uh, write us at LateFee1994 at awl.com. Yes. Check out our website at www.RetroLateFee.com. Mm-hmm. And share the tapes with your friends.
0: All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.